what's up? This is a special edition of Marsha's Plate where we review the show Pose on FX. All right? Uh, what Diana say? Don't call the doctor. Don't call the mama. Don't call the preacher. Welcome back to Marsha's Plate. Make sure if you join the conversation, you hashtag Marsha's Plate and pose FX. Um, we're going to cover a lot of topics. This episode was really deep, um, heartfelt. So if you hear us talking about anything and you have something to add, make sure you hashtag us. You can find us on Twitter. You can find us on Instagram. You can find us on Facebook. We are under... M-A-R-S-H-A-S-P-L-A-T-E. That's M-A-R-S-H-A-S-P-L-A-T-E. Hashtag us. We don't care if you agree or disagree. We just want to hear your opinion. So, you know, come join the conversation. Hey, what's up? So, this week is episode six. Yes, I'm so excited about this one. You know why? Why? Because this is the one that Janet Mock directed. Oh, no wonder it was so touching. Exactly. (laughs) So Janet Mock directed this. If you don't know who Janet Mock is, you should go look her up. She's a brilliant black trans woman from Hawaii, Mm -hmm. writer. Um, She's great. So once again, Janet is expanding her brilliance for us into a new era (laughs) and we really really love her she's amazing um so yes this is her episode so let's get right into it so the episode starts off you know the cliffhanger from last week was patty found angel was like girl the confrontation baby (laughs) what's up hi i'm patty Uh, hi i'm patty (laughs) a woman's a woman (laughs) (laughs) hey barbara this is shirley and you may not know who I well, am. Well, in her mind, it was woman to woman at that time. At the time, yeah, it did. <laughs> now, Barbara, I don't know how you're going to take this. I'm going to be cool <laughs> right. or come out of a bag on so, me. So much hot tea. Right. So, Patty, and it starts, the episode starts with Patty and Angel in the diner. They, the, Honey, they love the diner. All the Girl, happens at the diner. We have to get Who's our night. We have to go <laughs> ever see waiters. Girl, <laughs> <laughs> they are never no waiters. <laughs> Baby, they're rude. Yet and still, we are here getting our <laughs> nightcaps. We are here getting our tea. Mm-hmm. So Patty and her has the typical nice conversation. It was really nice. Considering, yeah. Considering the circumstance, it was really cordial. These are two classy women having a woman to woman. Mm-hmm. Because if it was me. Oh. <laughs> You would twirl the fish? No, I don't think I would twirl, but it's certain tone that she took in her questioning mm-hmm. that would have made me defensive and be like, okay, bitch, you're trying it. <laughs> like, like what? Like when she first started off, she was like, you know, do you usually pick up married men and fuck them? Like is she really, her tone, or is this the first time you got caught? You know, her tone was real extra, and I would have been like, 
Now, bitch, I'm I'm gracing you by sitting here talking girl. to you. Because really, you if you been I, sleeping with my husband, girl, uh, so you got to take everything that I give you, honey. You I don't. really don't, bitch. <laughs> Calm it down. <laughs> so, one of the things that if it was me, I I feel like, mm, I, if I was in Angel's situation, she wouldn't have got any conversation. Nothing. Just, that's being real. Because you got, and I'm not gonna say that I never have talked to. A woman, a, a married woman in that situation. So, but it just, you got to catch me in the right bag. So, you regularly sleep with married men, Diamond? I was a prostitute for years, girl. <laughs> <laughs> you know, back in my heyday, I was that girl. So, if you are a married man listening, just know that you can slide in the DMs, baby. Do not slide in my DMs. <laughs> T.S. Diamond. Whole different woman today. I will read you. Unless you got a certain amount of coin. Right. <laughs> that could change my life. No. <laughs> no, I mean, in Angel's situation, I've been in that situation where I was benefiting from a guy so much and, and his coin going away would really affect my life in a negative way. Mm -hmm. So I, I would have given her, I don't know Stan. I don't know her. And she could have given me all the evidence in my face. To protect I, everything that you had going. To protect everything that I had going. Right. And I, she could have given me, oh, I've been to the apartment. The landlord told me, I don't know what you're talking about. It's a million stands. I don't know no motherfucking stands. You came to the apartment that I live in, in the hood with Blanca. <laughs> right. I don't know no upscale apartment that you're talking about. So I don't know what you're talking about. I don't live there. This is where I live. Drag so, queens and crossdressers and trannies. You know, <laughs> I don't know how you ended up here, but I guess you got your angels angels mixed up. But whatever, get out of my face. Bye bye. <laughs> <laughs> she she would have got hostile, not hostile in in violent, but where she wouldn't want to talk. She knew I didn't want to talk. Get out of my face. Right. <laughs> I would have need Miss Patty. And my purpose for that was to give Ch Stan a way to weasel out of it. Mm-hmm. Not it wasn't to be to protect him at all, it's to protect me. Right. You see what I'm saying? It's to protect my coin. If I don't admit to it, you can weasel out of it. Just like he weaseled out of when she confronted him with the um when he had the two um jewelry rings and the, the two bracelets and you know what right. he did then. Just like he, he could have weaseled out of it, but by her confirming it, he can't weasel. Mm. He can't weasel out of it. So it just this just was wouldn't have been me. So one of the things that I kind of picked up on in the conversation was what each one of them was trying to convey to the other. Did you pick up on anything that was interesting? Um, well, I thought that it was interesting that the first thing that that Patty asked was, um, does he talk about me? You yeah. know, that's the first thing that 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 the wife is asking when she meets the other woman but does he talk about me does he say he loves me <laughs> no bitch does he say he does this <laughs> <laughs> no <laughs> but but i guess because you know because it, it when you find out your man is cheating it all kinds of insecure self-dialogues start, hap start to happen you feel right. what i'm saying it's like you don't even look like me like especially in the case of patty and angel you don't look anything like me mm -hmm. and so how can i compete with that exotic latina you know, and so does he even mention me? Do mm -hmm. you, do, you get what I'm saying? The angel had already told her, you already kind of knew. I didn't know you, but I already kind of knew because they always hide their rings and blah, 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 blah. Mm -hmm. So I thought it was interesting that she brought up, you know, did you guys use protection? Mm -hmm. Um, 
and the emphasis on he paid you, right? This is about money, right? Mm, I, I didn't I, even clock that. You see what I'm saying? He, yeah. He paid you. And then when she when Angel was like, well, actually, we didn't. And y'all had sex, right? She was like, actually, we didn't have sex the first time at all. Yeah, he came and got me, but we didn't have sex. We just talked. Mm. And so that's another spin. I hadn't like even this, noticed that. This just is not about sex. This right. is oh, he needs somebody to talk to. Bitch, why he not talking to me? I'm his wife. What? <laughs> why is he talking to you? <laughs> like it brings up so many questions in regards to why this person did. And she said it later on in the in the in the show. Um, you know, I know why men cheat. She was like, I know why it is. I don't think this is about me. Later on, um, um, but she also alludes, and I'll talk about this later. But she also alludes her wanting more than just to be a housewife life. She mm. says, you know, I have. she says, I have a weak-ass man that lies to me, and I know it. And I let him lie to me because... It allows me to keep pretending. C- to keep pretending. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? It's like, but I really don't want this life. This life that everybody says I should be striving for. This home, having a baby, having the husband, sitting at home, being a happy homemaker. You know, she's going through her wife feminist woes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Typical shit like that. So, um, Poor girl. You know. Then Angel popped her with the tea. She asked her, like, why are you in this big-ass hall with all these gays? drag queens all these faggots girl a girl what's to see what was all that about did you see Angel them drag was like, queens? girl this is my familia girl this is my people my community she's like what huh? how, but how can a woman <laughs> be a drag queen <laughs> <laughs> and she's like well girl i'm a transsexual baby, you know and patty said well baby show me your meat <laughs> patty said wait what <laughs> oh no wait. i know but this is oh no sorcery girls and she went into the the whole stereotypical, oh, my man would never do that. Girl, you the one who just came and confronted me. Right. <laughs> and you still in denial? <laughs> <laughs> you went to my apartment. You went to my landlord. You went to my gay mother's house. You went to my <laughs> ball to find me. And you still feel like I'm I not I need girl. to see the penis, <laughs> sweetie. And Angel was like, girl. <laughs> now looky here. I've came here to talk to you, <laughs> and I'm giving you all your tea. Not all. <laughs> Part of my tea, but this tea you asking me for, this is a special brew. <laughs> and I know that uh, it didn't, like, I was, because I remember Janet Mock was on uh, Wendy, I mm-hmm. think it was. And Wendy had and Wendy had asked her, like, oh, no, it was, uh, it was, uh, it was uh, Laverne. Laverne. Katie Wendy. Couric. Yeah, and they was, like, asking her about her private part. She was basically like, no, girl, I'm not talking about my that's unimportant that's, that's not it. yeah it uh, there something happened around that time around that time in that era so what brendan is talking about is um carmen carrera who i don't like um i don't like how she engaged with t.s madison mm-hmm. and so i don't yeah like i didn't her. like that either i don't like her either because so, of so you know yeah. i think she's one of them respectable new transsexuals you just got up in this trans life and have the nerve to be judging now I don't want to say unrespectable, but girls who live a different life than you, you're judging them? Get the fuck out of here. Anyway, (laughs) Carmen Carrera was on Katie Couric's show before it got canceled, and her and Laverne was on the show, and Katie Couric was just asking her about all the the surgery stuff. And at one point, 
that was good TV. Let me ask you about the surgeries. Let me ask you about your implants. Let me ask you about the sex chain. Let me ask you about all the things you've done to your body. <laughs> and that's just not normal. It's, it's very evasive, um, invasive. And Carmen Carrera was like, you know, I don't really want to talk about this. And Laverne came out and explained in a more eloquent way. Mm-hmm why this is inappropriate and so now you don't see a lot of people asking trans women on television about body parts and surgery and stuff like that because we needed that kind of change to take us out of the spectacle out of the spotlight take to take out take us out of that realm of oh this is still a freak show oh because even like oprah is as enlightened as she was some of her shows back in the day not recently but back in the day would be like, oh, this ex-football star turns woman. And, <laughs> Not, ooh, oh, this this, uh, this GI, oh, this ex-military uh, man transitions to be a beautiful woman. Beautiful, baby. Uh, you know, you, you get a pussy. You get a pussy. You get a pussy. <laughs> you get titties. You get titties. <laughs> so, you know, it was a time when that was what, when talking about trans, it was, I'm displaying the bearded lady. Mm. I'm explaining the freak show. I'm I'm explaining exp, displaying the Siamese twins. I'm you get what I'm saying it was that circus kind of on TV. So Laverne doing that kind of set the standard for the rest of the girls who were on television to say no, we're not having this anymore. And from that point on, all the girls who were actually on TV and talking and being interviewed, no, we're not having that. Right. We're here to talk about my work and we're here to talk about things. So that was an amazing moment that we actually got to capture. So Angel told her, baby, um, you can't see, I'm not showing you my piece because if you want to get to know anything about me, that's the last place that you need to start right. because, you know, everything else is me. That's the part of me that I'm ashamed of, basically. Everything else I love. But that part, no. And I barely let Stan play with it, baby. Honey, but he did. <laughs> <laughs> Remember that. Remember that. <laughs> so Angel asked her, um, Angel said one of the poignant things that she said in the conversation was a couple of things. She says, I was like his doll. I wasn't anything until he comes and plays with me. And for me, that's really powerful because I remember a time in my life early on, it's definitely early 20s, teens, where that was the that's what made me a woman to me. Like, you're not a woman until you got a man. Right, you get your uh, like, trade, baby. Uh, honey, until your trade is on your arm, until somebody chooses you and says that you're good enough to date, you're good enough to have sex with, and really, that's what it was. It was you're good enough to have sex with, you're woman enough to have sex with, you're you're um feminine enough for me to um take on a date, mm. feminine enough for me to be out in public and dinner with you. These were things that validated my womanhood, and so. And then as I got older, I realized my mom, even though it wasn't about no trans shit, that a lot of women, my mom, my grandmother, that that was kind of generational. Like that was like a fucking generational curse because they're like that. They, I got to have a man. I got to have like that. I feel depressed if I'm single. Do you got to have a man, Diamond? Not now. Not now. I've grown out of that and learned that men pretty much are trash. And, you know, um, I do better without them. <laughs> and then my womanhood, once I got the surgeries that I needed, once that I started to live that quote unquote normal woman's life, going to jobs, going to work and 
you know, people engaging with me just like as a normal woman, it that started to validate me. Like, I don't need no fucking man. I'm fish. I'm 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 getting my life in the world. I'm out here and living and I'm not just a prostitute in the house waiting for my next trick to call call. Mm. You see what I'm saying? That's where it, at one point that's where it was. And so having a man was was validation. Mm. And so I could understand her in regards to that. And in regards to her saying, like, you know, when they come over and play with you, ooh, I'm feeling like, and remember I told you, clients made me val- validated my look, mm-hmm. my self-esteem and stuff like that. So, you know, them coming over, ooh, I get to feel like a woman. That like girl. Sitting in the house, worrying about getting going, worrying about going outside, am I going to get clocked? <laughs> or, mm. you know, worried about that kind of stuff. Um, and then she asked Patty, Angel asked Patty, do you think he can love? So in that moment, where she and it, before she said that she said I'm the one who broke it off with him, so she was showing a moment of strength, of I broke this off, because mm-hmm. I felt like he was treating me like a doll and I didn't want to be his fucking human blow up doll. So there was a moment of strength, but then she the brilliance of um the writing and of um India's good acting, she comes back and she asks asks Patty, do you think he could love me and you at the same time? Going back to her sweet tender spot, knowing that she has some kind of feelings about Stan. Right. And so she goes back to that weak, like almost this is a compromise. Maybe if he can, if you the wife says he can love me and you at the same time. This we can make this can be some type of something that can happen. Not asking that, but but her that would be a compromise. Ooh, so he can love me and you at the same time. Mm. You see what I'm saying? Um, still trying to make the compromise in regards to making whatever this dysfunctional, unhealthy relationship is work to her advantage. Since she does have feeling for him. Did you pick up that? Yeah, but I was wondering when she said that. I was like wondering. Mm, I don't think I would be able to say that. but To her? Yeah, I don't think that I wouldn't. Oh, God. Like, can we compromise? Compromise? <laughs> compromise for what? <laughs> what? <laughs> Mother? Me? A man falls in love with me and I have to compromise? I have to compromise? <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, Come that would that would have been me. Kid. That would have been me. <laughs> yeah, I guess. I don't know. I just think why would she ask that? So I think that's interesting. Um, the next um, the next scene is. Mm, do I want to close that with something else? Because I can cut that. Did you have anything else about that scene that you talk, wrote down? Um, let me see here. No, but when she had when she had asked can do you think he can love me and you at the same time? Part of me thought that like maybe she wasn't really convinced that he loved her. And so when she asked Patty that, she was basically asking like to see if maybe like if there was still hope, I guess. That's kind of what I thought at first. Oh, for her. Stan for her and her. Stan. Stan loving her, yes. Yeah, that, and I think that's a compromise because you're asking his wife that. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? It's like you're asking his wife. But at that w- w- at that point, it, to me, it's like she's basically saying, well, it is what it is. I don't think it's going to change or whatever. So mm-hmm. can we just keep it? Why, why don't we just take it for what it is? Right. You know, that's, I don't know. That's just a, a lot of different things that went through my head when she said that. 
So Patty was like, you know, well, girl, I think I'm about to go. She said, I think I should go. Once you're not showing me that piece. <laughs> I came for that meat, girl. <laughs> you done popped this tea on me and you don't even want to prove it. But eh, you kind of don't have to prove it. I get it. And so she was like, okay, I got all the tea that I need. I know you fucking my husband. I know my husband is cheated. And you done told me you, quote, unquote, you a man. So I don't know <laughs> if he's right. a homosexual. Uh, Let me go get to So many first. questions, so many things. <laughs> all right. Thanks. Have a good night. Uh-huh. Bye-bye. And so she leaves out of the restaurant. And there we go. Oh my God, I want to thank all of our new patrons this week. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Yay, 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 yay. So, not only are you helping to sustain this particular podcast, you know, I also donate to other podcasts, I donate to other organizations. I have my finger on the pulse of the community, and I know a lot of grassroots organizations that are doing great work out here, so you're not only helping to sustain us, you're helping to sustain other people in a community, because I put my money where my mouth is, you know, that's just the kind of bitch I am, community is fuck, <laughs> so thank you, I really, really appreciate you, and if you have not become a patron, why have you not, you can donate as low as a dollar a month, it doesn't matter. Anything helps. Please. Do I have to play Sarah McLaughlin and show you puppies? Like, what do I have to do? Do I have to do resort to what the white people do to get you to give them money? <laughs> All righty. Anyway, thank y'all. And the Patreon and PayPal link is at the bottom. Back to the show. So the next scene, um, it opens up at the ball. The category is Butch Queen Body. Mm. Yes, 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 yes. You, I don't know who that was. Whoever was walking. Oh, I don't, I don't know, know who it I was. I don't know who it was. But they were walking with this sexy-ass body, and then the next person is Ricky, and he wins over this tall-ass stallion. And I was looking at, like... Baby, wait. they wanted their 14-year-old little boy body that I night. I said, now, hold up. Thank you. Pray, uh, pray tell you tripping, because Ricky should not have won that Grand category. Grand Ricky. <laughs> body, yaddy, yaddy. Honey, that was politics. These are your Judys, and you wanted them to win, girl. Well, honey, that's how it goes sometimes in the ball sleeve. I'm right. <laughs> if I was on the judging panel, you would have got chopped. Oh. <laughs> Sorry, baby. Six, 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 six. Not a six six, but you was not a stallion like that other boy. No, get out of here, <laughs> Ricky girl. Bye, girl. Bye. <laughs> so Braytel clearly is on the mic, drunk as hell, and he's depressed because he keep playing the same old tired ass. At this point, I guess it was a song from the eighties and seventies. Love is the message, baby. Love is the message. Kept playing it over and over because this is one of him and his boyfriend that is in the hospital song. So. You know, he's going through his tea. You know, he just found out that he's confirmed that he's positive. He's kind of just sitting back waiting for his partner to die, kind of. Still having hope that he might get out of the hospital. Because one thing that does happen, this is not um, unusual for a person who has this, this disease to go in the hospital, be really, really sick, and the hospital help them bounce back. Especially mm-hmm. nowadays. You know, back then, because the medicine wasn't really up to par, but especially nowadays, a person can go in the hospital and be, honey, right there knocking on death's door, waiting for, you know, the Grim Reaper to show up. <laughs> but 
a day or two later, still honey, here. Something happened. They still here, and they get released from the hospital. Hey, hey, I'm back. Oh, I went to Milan. Hey. <laughs> I went on a vacation. Refresh. Refresh. And, you know, they come back and something, a miracle happens or whatever, and they come back. So this is not abnormal. And so this is him trying to have hope and think that his partner is going to come out of this situation alive, mm-hmm. you know, and get it and get better. So at this, this ball, Darius, a new character, really masculine, hood dude. Mm-hmm. We call this trade. Fuck me. <laughs> we call this type of dude trade. He's a smooth talker, all the way, always have the right things to say, and he comes up to Blanca and is trying to holler at her. Now, let me just say, like, if it were me, if I was Blanca and Darius, what's his name, Darren? Darius. Darius, if he came up to me talking me, talking all that stuff, baby, he would have got the dick sucked. He would have got the panties. He would have all that. Because he sweet talking and flattery with trade. Oh, baby. Butter my biscuits, honey. <laughs> <laughs> that makes you fall for Yes. I'm, no, that, man. I'm that silly girl. Like, you said I was pretty. <laughs> <laughs> I am not. You get to say all these corny ass lines, girl. I'm going to say, girl. Mm, T.S. Diamond, you're looking so sexy, girl. If you don't, as soon as you say T.S., I'm done. As soon as you say anything that has to do with transsexual, trendy T.S., I'm done. We're over it. Yeah. <laughs> but you get all these weird ass lines. I'm like, child, if you don't get out of my face, I especially if we at a function. But like, I mean, it just, I know, no. it, even if it sounds corny, I just be like, mm, mm. <laughs> he no. for me. No, no, thank you. So he comes up to Blanca, and let's describe this type of guy. So this type of guy is really masculine. When he's out in public, you won't know. Because he doesn't dress, quote-unquote, gay. Mm -hmm. He doesn't act, quote-unquote, gay. He doesn't talk, quote-unquote, gay. He doesn't doesn't give you these markers that you would think that this was a gay man. Mm -hmm. He doesn't give you any markers that you would think that this is a guy who was into trans women or into gay men or into whatever. He's just a regular guy. And so, um, but because he's experienced in maneuvering this space he knows where the girls hang out oh riff walkers he knows <laughs> right he knows where the girls hang out he knows the spots to catch them in he know he can catch them at the whole store at the gay club at the ball scene at the whatever he knows he can clock them and clock them and know where they hang out at so if he's into this type of girl he he just he can maneuver in this space and there's a certain level of confidence that these men do have my favorite kind of man. <laughs> <laughs> so um, he's flirting with her and, you know, she's kind of biting, biting the hook and getting flattered like you would be. <laughs> and Yes, baby. And so, I'm not ashamed to admit it, baby. Like, yes, baby. We all been got. <laughs> we'll talk about that later. We all been got. Um, so next thing you know, next scene is the doctor and Patty. So Patty is in the scene with her family doctor. Now, mind you, if you've been with, if you are a girl who's privileged enough to be, to have a family doctor that everybody's seen, there's a certain level of intimacy that doctor can have with you. Um, He's been knowing you since you came out of your mama Mm -hmm. (laughs) and he helped you have your children and so on and so on and so on. So Patty is, um, this scene kind of, 
shows you back in the day, doctors needed to get their shit together. Right. Because they didn't have all the information or education. And they sometimes now they still do. I think that's have. still now. Yeah. yeah. They don't it's have no the education about certain things. I feel like it would be, this, this was 30 years ago. So I, I feel like it would be worse now. You feel mm. what I'm saying? I, I mean, worse then. I mean, worse then. But is this still goes on now where doctors do not have a clue about certain shit, especially um, sensitive matters like this. So she's she's trying to hint around to get a HIV test. Mm-hmm. But he's like, oh, you ain't got to worry about that. Or, yo, no, no, no. That's just for the gays. And, <laughs> you, know, for the and you know, and she was like, um, can you just do it? Like, yo, you kind of, mm-hmm. I'm trying to ease into this, but nigga, you tripping. <laughs> let, let me, I'm trying to, can you just take the test for me? Can I get my test, please? And so she's like, and so the doctor is like, so who stepped out on each other? Because that's the only reason why you would be asking. That's and, when I would have said, can you mind your business? And so nowadays doctors know, mind your business. Uh-huh. <laughs> Not all the time, but they know, mind your business. Just do what they're asking you to do. Um, but because he has this imp- in- in- intimacy with her family, he feels like he can say, mm-hmm. hey, what's the tea, girl? Let's spill it. Right. But he later on, which is a part of a good thing about him, he later on says, you know, we're going to do this test off the record because if I take this test, the insurance is going to flag you. So I need y'all to understand how this affects people what happens is insurance cover any kind of medical shit that you got going on surgery da 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 so you don't have to pay full right all the things all the cost that comes along with whatever health care that you need mm-hmm. okay but what shady ass insurance companies would do if you got a HIV test, they would cut you off of your insurance. Nowadays, they won't even cover you. Mm-hmm. Some of them. Yeah. They won't cover you if you take the test um, because they don't want to be able to have to have to pay for the surgery or the now the medication for HIV because it's expensive. Right. And so what the doctor was telling her is we will take you, we will take, do it off the record and not on the record. Cause the insurance would be like, girl, bye-bye. Sorry, girl. So think about it. You working at this job for a long, 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 long time. And then you get diagnosed and your insurance drops you. You have no health care, even though you're working, even though the one p- part about this job that you love is that you get health care benefits and now your insurance trapped you. And then you can't go to no other insurance because you got a pre-existing condition. So I want y'all to understand the horrible circumstances. But we're the only country that does that, though. Right. That's another thing. Absolutely. So understand that circumstances can be really dire. So now you have this disease and now the medication it's super, super expensive, and you can't afford it. And so that's why a lot of programs And started. even if you could have afforded it back then, like, It I'll may wait. not be good. Yeah, like, it's going to, it would kill you. Right, it, it was toxic. <laughs> it would kill you. <laughs> so this was, this was the situation back then. Um, so next scene is Pratel's drinking too much and talking shit. 
and reading <laughs> and venting. Didn't she read? <laughs> she read everybody Didn't at the she read? she was Reads like, <laughs> for everybody. <laughs> she read Angel Honey. Maybe if you was not selling your booty hole for quarters. Booty hole for quarters. <laughs> and then you can't even pop your shut up. You can't even spell Evangelista with your dumb ass. I mean, daggers. <laughs> daggers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you and you, you Child. and you. Everybody can get it. <laughs> and this late ass apartment, these motherfucking kids need to be contributed. She was this, <laughs> everybody can get it in the room. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh. Everybody was silent because everything she was saying, old school reads, is, these are facts. Right. <laughs> <laughs> these ain't just. Um, <laughs> they just sit there like, ooh. These is pointed. <laughs> Real pointed and true. Right. <laughs> so everybody was silent. And even though he was wrong, like they just was trying to, girl, you depressed and we can tell what's going on. And another element of his read that I, I hate that people do is when he mentioned as many secrets as I've held for you. Oh, yes. Like, girl, pray tell you trying it. Like, girl. Like, I may tip the, I may tip the, tea, the, the tea jug over, girl. Right. Like, girl, you're doing too much. Like, we would have had to have a recession after that. Not in front of everybody, but I'm reading you. Because, <laughs> <laughs> bitch, don't, don't you ever try it. You know, <laughs> because I think that's late for somebody who you confide in to at at some point hold something, especially as dire as a status, right over your head. When I confided this in you, and then you want to make these threats under you know indirect threats that you gonna tell my tea, girl. But that's also why I wouldn't keep a tea like that. Mm. I'm not a girl who would. I'm the type of girl that feel like if all my tea is on the table, bitch, what you going to do? Mm-hmm. So I, I I, wouldn't want to give anybody that power to be able to pop me with something like that. Mm-hmm. So if I ever, I know that if I ever got this re- results and I was positive, I would talk about it. It would be something that I wouldn't want somebody to be able to hold over my head. So um, he leaves the Blanca's apartment and the nurse is played by Sandra Bernhardt. Mm-hmm. Sandra Bernhardt. And anybody who is in the gay community know that Sandra Bernhardt is a white gay treasure. Right. <laughs> she, is, she is on that level of B. Arthur, Cher, Barbara Streisand, Judy Garland. She's, mm, yeah, she's one of those people in the white gay community that this is somebody that is a gay favorite. Like, their little special gay treat. Yeah. <laughs> like, so her being, there's a reason why she was chosen for this part. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so just so you know, and this is, and I say, and I say white gays because that's the truth. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, I'm sure people, black gays don't know her like that. No, they probably, they probably know her face, probably don't know her name. That one white girl yeah. that I see, that one white lady I see in, them, in that one movie, maybe. Especially not nowadays. Yeah, but. This is our era. That's for the, uh, snow bunnies. Yeah, that's for the snow bunnies. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, Praytel is reminiscing with his dying boyfriend and about the freedoms of the 70s and early 80s. And so, we, me and you joke about this all the yes. time. Yes. You know, <laughs> when he uh, said free to fuck. Free to fuck, raw. <laughs> like back in the 70s, 80s, that's what it was. Like, come dump me, come baby. Dump me, baby. Daddy. We're free. We fucking <laughs> have sex. And 
flower child. And all right. We just had sex we wanted to. It was queer as fuck in the 60s. Or did you get 70s. high cum dumping in my bed? Right, because they were coming out of the 40s and the 50s where it was just like this stern yes i would ooh, to live back life. in those days no air and conditioning so they, to live like that blah. right i think we were going through a social metamorphosis that was happening in um from the the switch from the 50s to the 60s and 70s but then what i think happened is we kind of the freedom when it, it's too much freedom that happens in the 70s and you know end of 60s most of the 70s and early 80s what happens is you, the opposite starts to come back true. Like we start to get a little bit more conservative, mm. you know, with Reagan and um, in the eighties, late eighties and early nineties. And, you know, and then I think now we're coming back into a little bit more freedom. I think society waves back and forth from being more free to being more um, conservative. Do you, do you agree? Um, yeah. I mean, I think it's a, uh yeah, it's definitely like a pendulum effect, but yeah. you know it. Uh, because people get tired of things. Yeah, you know, and then they want change. Then when they get that change, they want something else. So yeah, I mean, yeah. it always it's a cycle. It's a cycle. So he's talking to his lover about the freedom, um, and then when he's done talking to him, he comes out of the room and he's talking to Sandra Burns, her character, the nurse. And he reads her like, "Honey, it's drabbing here. Y'all can't do nothing for these people." And she says, "Girl." <laughs> and reads the you fuck the out inter- of that bag. You the showgirl, baby. <laughs> Honey, you the showgirl. You the entertainer. Why don't you organize something for the people in the HIV war? Sweetie. And Pray Tell was like, I'm wiping what? asses all day. Honey, <laughs> I'm wiping asses. And I, I wish I could give them some hope. Right. But I'm seeing these people die every day. You just coming to visit, bitch. And you're the performer. You're the performer. You're the you're the, you're the girl. The razzle creator. razzle dazzle. Razzle and dazzle me, baby. <laughs> <laughs> and he was like, you know what? Look at it. Look at you being useful and shit. I live for their sharp, witty back and forth. Though. I, and I love and usually, you know, we know people like that. We know mm-hmm. Brittany. We hey yeah. Brittany. Hey Brittany. Um, hey sis. Hey um Brittany. We it's a lot of um. Especially cis cis women who cis have women. Rela- who are who have seen beyond the veil. Yeah, and they're not um, trying to put up these airs. This is we. These are people and human beings too. And I'm engaging with you like a person. Right. So and I'm meeting you at your level. Yeah. I'm not. I'm not treating you like some outside of me thing. You want to read, girl? Let's read. Right. You know. I've <laughs> met cis people in my cis women particularly in my life that um were like that. And you can have a real good fun exchange with them yes. without it being awkward and late. Mm-hmm. So I enjoyed that. So. After this scene, it switches to another ball scene. And this is where Laith Ashley, the trans mm. man, he plays Sebastian and he is getting his 10. Hi, Laith. You're yes, so sexy. Laith, he's looking sexy. I had this conversation with somebody on um, Twitter where they were like, oh, they're not representing trans men. And it's unrealistic that he would have this well done surgery in the 80s. Because, Ooh, you the know. jealousy, girl. <laughs> <laughs> the well, I don't je- want to say that. We just want, they want representation and they want it to be real representation. And I said something back. I was like, I totally get. I oh, want, I get what, I guess I get what they're saying. Yeah. I, I get you wanting representation, but how, re- you talk about being, it not being realistic. How realistic are you to try to expect them to find somebody that looks young right now 
that has that old school surgery scar. Because he was like, he wouldn't have that perfect chest that they only did that now. They didn't do that in the 80s. Okay, but you think we're going to find a trans man? I mean. With a 80s 80s style. I guess they could have like put one on there. They could have did that. Come on. But that's not sexy. Stop. I don't want to see that. I think that's very extra. I think that's asking for too much. But that's the that's the only possible way. But asking for more representation, I'm not saying that that's asking for too much. I I feel like they should want more representation. Now, is that more representation realistic in the bossing of the '80s? How many? I'm not saying that they weren't there at all. I know they were. I've talked to people, mm-hmm. but they were not a half and half type of. Um, percentage like ratios no they were a rare thing to see out in the ball scene it wasn't some you feel what i'm saying it wasn't yeah like even yeah like yeah the the assigned male at birth people so trans women gay men they were the dominant people in in the ball scene like they were a part of they were the ones that they outnumbered the queer folks that the queer assigned female at birth folks in the scene right like that's just the facts like it's not it's not that they weren't there they were there and they were participating some of them but it's just not they weren't the dominant number so i get that you want more representation like i said when the first scene we saw the the, the lesbian girl um voguing on the pier mm-hmm. the week before episode five we saw in the family of Mugler there was a stud that was walking Right. Remember? And then now we see a trans man in walking a category, getting his tens. Can I see uh, Marquise, though? <laughs> I don't want to see Marquise anywhere on no TV show. I want to see him everywhere on my bed. <laughs> on my body, baby. <laughs> or as Candy said, I don't care where he started, as long as he is on top of me. On top of me. <laughs> <laughs> baby, Marquise so fucking fine. Oh God, that mm. thing fine. Anyway, this is But he's an actor, so I know that's, that's actor, why I said so he, I hope he comes yes. in the show. Put so. Marquise on the show. Yeah, put Marquise on the show. Thanks. So Darius is back. Oh yes. My Darius, man. Darius comes back. The hey, tray hey. comes back with his magic talk. Mm. And um he gets Blanca to give him a chance, and they set a date for Saturday night. Mm, going out, going out, being classy, fish about it, fish about going it, going about on a mm-hmm. date. So Bl- Blanca says, "Sure, I'll go with you." You know, he razzled and dazzled her and got her to say yes. Baby, she was cheesy when he walked out. All right. She said, oh, feeling like that girl, butterflies, and we all been there. <laughs> we have. <laughs> Where the trader made us feel like that girl. So, Praetel um, comes to Blanca's nail shop, and Blanca's, um, and he asks her, like, you know, bitch, I know you can sing, but you ain't, I've been clocking the tea, because, you know, singers can clock singers. Mm. <laughs> I can, I can, I, I heard you humming and whistle, whistling, because, you know, you can hear somebody humming. If you're a singer, you can be like, hmm, they can't hold a tune a little mm. bit. Like ah, oh, you ain't hiding it. You can give. I'm I'm hearing a little something. I'm a little something a, in there. A little control in there. I, I hear you. I hear it. So he done clocked her and he said, "Hey, I'm trying to do this event for the HIV war, and you know, I want to um 
bring you into the scene. I want you to be a part of it. So are you down? And she was like, sure. But then she was like, oh, wait, wait, wait. I already made a date with Darius. And he was like, ow, bitch, what? Girl. <laughs> get that. You didn't know. <laughs> All right. I'll make other plans. I'll get somebody else. Booked. Get Busy. <laughs> Booked. <laughs> so. Dick appointment. Fratel being the good Judy that she is. Go ahead and get that dick, girl. Right. Don't worry about it. We make some other plans later. <laughs> being the good Judy that she is. As it should be. <laughs> <laughs> so, um. So, Praetel organized it himself, and he was going to just do the music himself, I assume. Yeah. Um. So, next scene is Blanca going into um, a clothing store that Candy works at. Uh-huh. And um, Lulu is there. Everybody at this clothing store is a trans woman, clearly, that works here. Mm-hmm. So, um, it's Lulu, Blanca, Candy... Now, I, they didn't say this character's name, but the actress is Trace Lissette. Trace, hey, Trace! Trace is... Alabaster Barbie. From Transparent. She's the one who um, got... The guy who plays the trans guy... The cis guy that plays the trans father who transitioned in Transparent. Trace is the one who exposed him as a fucking sexual predator for the Me Too movement. <laughs> Harvey Weinstein? Not Harvey Weinstein, bitch. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no. I don't know the man's name. He's the one who plays the character on the show that she's on. Oh. Um, and so she is an actress in the world doing her thing as well. So to see her and I've been knowing Trace for years. We from we Midwest girls. And she's just always been a beauty. She's always been cool, always been down to earth, always been real, always just been like just a cool girl that's been you know just you know how you meet girls and they kind of funny acting like oh, they, yeah. they're trying to put on airs i've never met trace in person so i don't know how she especially the beat girls especially the ones that look like something uh-huh. sometimes their personality their narcissism is kind of like through the roof and so they think they're something and they're they trying to give you the they paying attention to you but not paying attention to you too much and, uh-huh and, uh, hey 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 and being real fake and that trace has never been that girl hi She's how are you been, all of that <laughs> hey uh, hey nice. uh-huh. yeah all that trace has never been that girl she's always been down to earth and cool and just a sweet person. So seeing her on the show was definitely looking, looking beat too. Always looking beat. Beats. <laughs> Always looking beat. <laughs> she said, "If then, you need any help, just let me know." Who is the other girl that was the cashier? It's it's who is is Juju B? Is that Caliente? Oh, uh, that's not Juju B. Juju B is the little Jiggly Jigglypuff. Jiggly Caliente. <laughs> that was her yeah. name. Yes. So she was on there yeah. for the Jiggly. So I lived for her. I lived for her on Drag Race. She had a great personality. So her being on show was a good thing, too, because she's funny as hell. And I I, like I did, it, just, it just hit me that that was Jiggly. Yeah. Like, oh. I kept saying Juju B. And you told me Juju B, and I'm thinking it was Juju B the whole time, but I was a little high. No. So I was like, oh, wait. <laughs> I was like, no, that's not Juju B. But then I'm thinking, jiggly. I'm like, no, that was Jiggly. Yeah, that was Jiggly. So she was on there. So in that moment, um, Blanca tells them about that she got a date. And they like, mm, woohoo, girl, you know you, good girl. <laughs> Don't worry about it, baby. 
He's not I, a trendy chaser. Don't worry about it. That's all you need to know. Right. <laughs> some girls will play themselves and will serve that. Like, oh, you don't need to know about my man. You don't know him, and girl. Every, but in this moment, she was honest and told it who it Well, not, I didn't tell her who it was, but they clocked based on what she said. Mm-hmm. Oh, does he have all these one-liners? Does he? The does sun, he the moon, and the stars, baby. Baby, he's telling you the sun, the moon, and the stars. Oh, that's Darius. We know him, girl. But go get that dick because it's big. It's big. Go ahead and get that dick. I would have been like, okay, free meal. Free meal and a big old <laughs> they said uh that she was like have you so you fucked them and they said girl we all fucked them baby Trey said we all fucked the girl, girl. girl and that, that's what them. i would have like oh okay well let me just get this free meal and this big old dick and just, you know <laughs> and live my best they, life <laughs> that's what they were trying to tell her like girl i lived for that though i lived for how and this is another thing like you know because they're <laughs> It's got like this love, hate, friend, enemy type thing, frenemies type deal that they got going on because they're in different houses. But when they get into certain situations outside of the ball scene, they you still kind of we on the same side. Yeah, you right. know, and they kind of come together as sisters, sort of. You know what I'm saying? And yeah, so, we enemies in the ball scene, and not necessarily enemies, but we rivals. Rivals. Word. Yeah, competitors. Uh, right, we're competitors in the ball scene, but we are sisters in when we are against the world. Right. You get what I'm saying? And so and I, think that's good I, that. I, I usually like. Like whenever I've been in that situation or had that conversation with somebody about a dude or, or a nigger or whatever, like, you know, very similar to that. It would be like if they did have them, they try to like tell you in like a shady way or a late way or mm-hmm. to try to make you not want to have them. Right. You know, but this time in this situation, they say, girl, go and get that. That's a big old dick. That's a Have big it. old dick, girl. Have it. Get, Get your life. life. He's a party boy. Like He's it was. Fun. It was no shade. It was just like honest tea. Like yes, girl, we had him, but girl, get your life. So that was something that I, I actually appreciate that. Uh, and I noticed that with between Blanca and Electra as well. Like they'll be having these heated moments. Then they'll come together. And then like the last time, like yeah. Oh yeah. So oops, <laughs> I'm trying to speak in code, but uh. Like when she, what you were talking about when she came out of the ball and she told, um, when she called Blanca a brick, right? When she said, "Girl, when a, come for me when you win a face category," right? Brick. You know, you know, like we could be viciously reading, right? But bitch, I'm still gonna show up at your surgery. I'm still gonna be the only bitch that shows up. With yeah. My so I like, yeah. I love the complexities of the relationships and the different layers, right. of everything. So yeah, and that scene kind of captured that exactly. And then she says, and another thing that it captured is two things the different type of girls the level that you can be on in the trans community so you got the blancas who also there's a hierarchy not a hierarchy i'm talking about where you are in living this life and your experience and what your experience had taught you Mm -hmm. so blanca was like oh my god i can't believe that he got me like he got me feeling this kind of way darius got me feeling this kind of way and i was about to go on this date with this fucking tranny chaser and i and she said playboy playboy she said playboy but in our culture now we would have said tranny chaser i don't know if they would have said tranny chaser back in the day was playboy the word back then I don't really know. So it could have been. So that I don't know. I don't know. I wasn't around. But now we would call him a tranny chaser. Mm-hmm. And so um, she was saying, I can't believe he got me. And we've all been in that situation where you meet this dude. You don't ha- know any connection to him. You don't know that he's talking to all of your Judy's on social media. You think you, you got know. you a rare treasure, you baby. You got a, got a rare treasure. <laughs> and then you find out from your Judy's, oh, I know him. Community uh, dick. Oh, oh, community dick. <laughs> and you feel like, damn, I got God, and I'm an mm. old head. Like I've been in the game, I shouldn't have got God. He, but he caught me up. He and did. then you got the girls like Candy, like or like Lulu said, 
this is a this is a party boy. Like this is just a boy you have fun with. So have this fun. Is, this is your self care, baby. We need this attention. We need physical love. We need physical pleasure. Get it. Enjoy it. Just don't get caught up and fall in love with it, bitch. Girl, get that dick and be fish about it. <laughs> get that dick, fill your mm-hmm. fish one night, and go home. Right. That's it. And sometimes you get to that level where it's like, I can enjoy, I can enjoy a trendy chaser. I can enjoy one, mm-hmm. but I can't fall in love with this motherfucker because I know that this nigga is ain't shit he fetish he's fetishizing me just just like he does just like stan is doing except Stan is pain he is using his game he's using his lies and deceit and his discretion (laughs) to pull you (laughs) you know and he's charming you to death he's using his charm to pay you charm me daddy making rubbing your feathers the right way Uh and pulling you Once that scene is over, it goes to Billy at the Ward Cabaret, where mm. he organized. And I wanted to, I wanted you to mean start Pray Tell? Pray Tell, not Billy. Who was Billy? Uh, Billy Porter is the actor uh-huh. who plays Pray Tell. Oh. <laughs> That's why I said Billy. <laughs> oh, okay. So, Hi, um, Billy. <laughs> Pray Tell <laughs> um, organizes this um this cabaret and you know he's gonna sing for the patients and before we go into what happens i want to talk about using your talents to organize and this isn't just about hiv this is just about anything this is about the um, black lives matter movement this is about the black um womanist movement this is about any movement that you are part of to change this culture into a better place use your talents use what you can do to organize and create a space of progression and love and safe and community use your talent to do that and so this was this is what Sandra Bernhardt character was telling him bitch you are the creator you can do something and so that's what he did. And I think that we all can contribute whatever our talents is in whatever movement that we feel like we are a part of or we feel passionate about. Be proactive. Be proactive. Don't just feel like you can't do anything. The small things matter. The small things can grow into big things. Understand that you have something to offer. You just got to figure it out what your talents are and what it is you have to offer. Mm-hmm. But definitely be proactive in figuring that out. So he actually sung... Donnie Hathaway to his lover. And that was really, mm. this whole scene was giving me in my feels. <laughs> you know, this lover was crying and, you know, the song was about, um, you know, there might not be tomorrow. This might be the last time I get to love you. This might be, you know, that's what the, the gist of the song <sighs> is. So it's like, oh, Lord. <laughs> Give me them heartstrings, baby. <laughs> yeah, go ahead and snatch <laughs> these tears out of my eyes. Wham, 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 wham. So he sings that and Blanca walks in because she clearly has ditched Darius and canceled their dinner date. Silly girl. (laughs) (laughs) To go sing songs in a hospital. What a fool. (laughs) (laughs) Who would not have been there doing the duet? (laughs) I'm going to do a duet on that dick, baby. (laughs) When I think of that dick. Going in my booty hole, I feel calm overflowing. Hey, Darius. Hey, Darius. 
I hate everything about you. <laughs> so, <laughs> so she comes up to pray tale and she's like, okay, I'm here. She was like, oh, he was like, oh, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, all that good stuff. And so she walks up to the piano and um, she asked the organist, not the organist, the pianist, pianist. Um, <laughs> um, does she have home from the Wiz? And so she sings home. So one of the things I want to talk about is trans singing voices. <laughs> one of the things that I, when I was younger, I, everybody knows, if you know me, you know I sing. Uh-huh. So what I had to learn, I was really ashamed of my singing voice because I have a wide range. I can sing high, I can sing low, I can use my false. And most singers, what makes them a good singer is their ability to use their full range, mm. their their low notes, their high notes, and and blend them see, um, seamlessly. So one of the things that I remember always trying to do when I was singing early on is trying to sing in my falsetto. Because it makes you feel fish. It makes you feel fish. It doesn't make me feel fish. It makes, <laughs> it makes me, it make me it, feel It makes you sound feminine. Yeah. Because you don't want to be singing in your baritone. <laughs> Unless you're singing Tony Braxton. <laughs> <laughs> First thing, Monday morning. <laughs> so um so unless you and even that is still an alto feminine voice like um anita baker da 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 it's not Mm -hmm. tenor and baritone so one of the things that i had to learn early on is that in but you deliver the song and you know monty my friend, my, my oh my, my oh with the feet, my straight, <laughs> oh my straight friend Monty with the pretty pretty years feet. ago in college, <laughs> um I remember people were asking me to sing and I would sing a song. Monty was, sings, no, oh, but Monty is my friend in college, and so one day <laughs> we were outside of our dorm, and they were asking me to sing, so I would sing. Um, I sung in my falsetto this song. Okay, and it still sounds good because I can sing in my falsetto, but I was trying to sing more fish. Right, <laughs> sing in my falsetto. No tea, no tea, and so, um, then they asked me to sing another song, and I sung that song. Home, in, not home. Any, I can't remember what song. Oh, another song. But another song. But I sung it in my natural, in my chest voice, and um. And Monty said, I actually think you sound better right there. Oh. Right. <laughs> he this says, is the one right this here. This is the one. <laughs> because in that voice, I could switch and you some notes I'm going to hit with my false and some notes I'm going to be in my chest voice. And I'm going to use my full range to deliver this song. Mm, and so. From the belly. And not just from the belly, just using all the tools you have in your voice mm-hmm. to deliver this song well. Also, you have to kind of stifle the voice and the singing to sound more fish um, or to sing more fish. No, Yeah, you got it because you're not using your whole... Yeah. It's like having the whole coloring box and you just using black and white. Use you see what colors, I'm saying? Baby. Use them colors, baby. Use so, and he, that moment taught me that oh, if it sounds better like this, I if I'm singing, I just want to sound good. I want to... I want to... Um, I just want to deliver the song. The purpose of me singing this song is to deliver the emotion and the feeling and to sing it well. Mm -hmm. So what I had to learn from that moment and so on and so on, years of dealing, living in this body and singing with my voice, that I have this voice. Sometimes it's going to sound deep. Sometimes it's going to sound high. Sometimes it's going to sound raspy. Sometimes it's going to sound smooth. But like Lauren Hill said on her her album, the live um, Unplugged album, she said... She was started to be a slave to this white perfect voice. She said she wouldn't even talk to her children 
just sipping tea and being on vocal rest, wouldn't talk to her children, trying to preserve this voice for the stage. Mm. And she says, but I stopped dealing with, I stopped saying, I said, fuck that shit. This is the voice y'all going to get. I'm still going to sound good. I may be a little bit raspy one day, a little bit clear one day, but this, I'm going to deliver this song with the, to the best of my ability. And you're going to feel it because I'm a singer. So I'm going to sound good. Mm -hmm. So this is what it is. And so I had to learn from her in multiple situations that, you know, this is my voice. This is how a trans woman like me sounds. Mm -hmm. This is what I'm going to give you. And I'm going to deliver this song to the best of my ability. So what I appreciate about this scene is that they did not, let Blanca or force Blanca to sing in her falsetto. Mm. Like she sung with all of her voice. And um and I appreciated that in this moment as a singer. Now I know people who are not singer or, or musical wouldn't understand it, but I appreciate them letting her sing in that way. Some people, because I've seen some comments on Twitter where they're like, oh, she sounds like a boy. Da, 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 da. But I'm like, sometimes that's what it is. It's like, I'm a trans woman, so sometimes yeah, I'm going to sound like a boy. Sometimes I'm going to sound like a girl. Sometimes I'm going to sound, however I need to deliver this song, I'm going to sound like that. Yeah. And long as it sounds good, bitch, you're going to listen and enjoy. Bye-bye. Yeah, and I'm, <laughs> and glad, they they did, and I'm glad they didn't do a, a, a silly voice like like uh, some like an actual singer voiceover. Like they, all that all of they that silly, yeah, they, they could have. Because she can't sing. Yeah, they could have right. went a silly route, so this was really good. I thought it was perfect. I thought it was perfect. So, um, and and it's something that can trigger a trans woman's um, dysphoria. Right. Not even speaking about that. Right. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? It's something that can really trigger. I'm dysphoria. not even talking about it on a trans perspective. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. So, um, one of the things that you see in that moment is B- Blanca has a moment while she's singing where she sees the trans woman in the pink that has like real frail and sick. One of the patients. Oh yeah. And it stops her from singing. Right, her face just freezes. Like, just <gasps> freezes like, this could be my future or whatever. And she has a moment where she loses control of the singing. Um, well, stops, where she might have stopped. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but pray tell, seeing her in that moment, walks up to the mic and, you know, he started singing and jumps in and it turns into a duet a and duet. it's beautiful and they deliver the song and he pulls her back into, Hey, we here for a reason through this mm-hmm. music. Let's wear this out. This is for them. Come on. And so don't turn this into a fucking poor them. That's moment. not what this we're, is. That's not what this <laughs> is. And don't you go into a poor you moment. Right. No, we're here to talk about, when I think of home, we're here to razzle and dance. Love of a place where there's right. yes, love overflowing. Um, so I thought that was a beautiful moment. Billy Porter can sing his ass off. Um, MJ Rodriguez can sing her ass off. I Word was surprised. Out. I didn't realize that MJ could sing. Yeah, she really never can knew. Sing. Never but do, she never comes do. from Broadway. But she I didn't know that Billy Porter. I don't follow Broadway, so I didn't yeah. know. I didn't know Billy Porter was from Broadway. I didn't know MJ was from Broadway. Yeah. So I didn't know all these things. So I'm, I was like, oh, it was just. Okay. Yep. So they're, that was they're that girl. The so more you girl. know. They had a really, really good song, and this was a really, really emotionally tugging scene, and I loved it. The next scene is Patty and Stan goes to counseling. 
and Patty spills the beans about Angel. First of all, I just loved how Patty just, how she just spills all the tea, but it's just so calm and nonchalant, but she just says all of it back to back to back. Yeah, so I went to this and I did that. And I because he was trying to deny it at first. Yeah. And no, you're not about to deny it. No, I went to her apartment. Uh-huh. I talked to her and she confirmed it. Like uh-huh. I went to her house and no. Don't try to get out of this. We're here. <laughs> We're here. <laughs> Feel it. <laughs> In that moment when they kind of ambushed Dan, I, I, and I use ambush because he used ambush, um, I felt sorry for Stan. Oh, no, I didn't. You didn't feel sorry at all? No. Why? Why? Why would I feel sorry for Stan? Why would you not? He got himself in that situation. Okay. You can't feel sorry for somebody because they got themselves in a situation? Oh, well, I can, but I don't feel any sympathy for Stan. Why not? So why? Um, what makes you? What, what makes your sympathy turn off from him? Um, I mean, you know what you're doing. You're, you're a grown man. What do you mean? Why should I feel? I don't. I, I don't I'm trying to think of why you, you feel like someone should have sympathy for Stan. <laughs> because. Okay, so... Patty was asking him, are you a homosexual? She was asking him, are you molested? She was asking him the whys. Yeah. Why this particular... She says that She's like, I know why men cheat, but why with this person? Like, are you a homosexual? Are you this? Are you that? Stan can't answer why. Like, he can't answer why. And so this is... Let me explain. Um, but why does that warrant sympathy so, from you, though? So let me explain. So, circums- there, uh, you know I've talked about this before. There's circumstantial gays and then there's natural gays, in my opinion. Uh-huh. S- natural gays are the, guy- are the gays who, how they are is just come to them naturally. They've been like this since they were born. You can tell it when they're two. You can tell it when they're four. You can, even before they have any kind of sex. Me. You, me, everybody. <laughs> you can tell that this is either going to be a trans woman or... Or a, a gay bu- male. A butch queen. A butch queen. <laughs> it's just from birth. It's just ingrained in them. Yeah. Then you got people who are circumstantially gay. Circumstantially gays are the ones who their circumstances led them to be molested. Um, say that they were in high school and um, they were kind of weird and strange. So the gay people are the ones who accepted them. And mm-hmm. even though they weren't attracted to men or women, depending on what gender you are, um, let's just say men, um, say you're a boy and you're kind of strange. And so the gay people is the one who accepted you. So being that everybody's in high school is looking for validation and love, you get intimate with one of the boys because they're showing you attention. And so your circumstances, not because you had this affinity for men, but your circumstances led you to try this out. And so you had a good experience and then, ooh, I'm gay. And you think you're gay. Mm-hmm. Or like I said, molestation. Somebody fondled you, touched you in a way that may have been pleasurable. Even though it was wrong, you may have been pleased by it happening mm. because you're a child. And you don't know that this is wrong for them to do to you, mm-hmm. but you got pleased. One of my trans homegirls, her uncle used to um, sit her in front of him while he masturbated and tell her how beautiful she was, how pretty she was, and call her his little princess. And this was a little boy <laughs> at five years old, four or five, and this went on 
all the way until she was like 13. He would masturbate. He wouldn't physically touch her, but he would masturbate in front of her and just give her all these compliments, shower her with affection in regards to what he's, what he's saying to her, why he's masturbating. And her parents were cold. The father was cold. Um, the mother was cold. She comes from a Caribbean background. They're really homophobic. Um, but the father was the, the uncle. I'm sorry. The uncle was the one who was kind of showing her love. He was the one who would, would always praise her when she would do great in school. And he just had this thing where he would, you know, still wrong, but he would masturbate in front of her and tell her how beautiful she was. Now, one could easily assume that that can influence her mind in regards to thinking that she is meant to be a girl, in regards to thinking that she was meant to be a woman, in regards to warping her identity for herself. And this would be somebody who would be, if that was the case, not saying that there isn't other, other elements to play in this in this circumstance with her, but you can easily see how those can be a connection in regards to her identity. So she would be in a, a circumstantial trans woman. Um, I watched the um, Whitney Houston documentary recently. Oh, yeah, you did. And and one of the elements is that she was molested as a child and it came out no. and by one of her aunts. And I'm not going to tell you who it is, but it's a gag. And so it came out. And one of the things that you know in her life, she had a secret lesbian relationship with Robin. And so not under i feel like there's a level of sympathy that i can have for people who are circumstantially exploring and not understanding why they have these feelings stan told you he came into a shop and he saw this this page and we've seen dudes like this who they're on the internet looking for straight porn and they click this button and this button goes to some tranny shit mm -hmm. and they're like oh no and they click it off but the image of that planted the seed in their mind i don't care how many seeds get planted well that's you <laughs> that's you that's you that's you so understand that everybody is not concrete in their sexuality as you mm. and so some people could have an experience that they don't understand that doesn't give you the right to cheat on your wife no it doesn't but it, it doesn't take away my sympathy for them either do you see what I'm saying? It doesn't take away me not being able to sympathize with them not understanding why they like something and not being able to express it in this society. Oh, well, I that if that's what you were asking me, like that part, mm -hmm. I thought she was talking about. I just saying, but that's what I'm saying. How does him? How? I mean, because it's kind of like you seem like you're saying, oh, well, let's feel sorry for this part, but not the whole thing. Like, But why can't I feel sorry for Stan and feel sorry for Patty? Patty for being cheated on by Stan. Yeah. And Stan for being in a situation with this toxic masculinity of the world where he cannot express himself sexually and explore. Without then you judged. divorce the wife. That's nice. That In a perfect world, that's nice. But I still got to keep this image. And I still love Patty. I don't believe Stan doesn't love Patty. I'm talking like I haven't cheated on somebody before, so I know how complicated right, it can girl. get. <laughs> exactly. Let me stop. I'm sitting here like, oh, girl. But, <laughs> but for the sake of the show, I'll, I'll, I'll play these bantering games with you. <laughs> so I feel like this is my thing about Stan. Um, 
Nobody can answer why. Can you answer why you gay? Why am I gay? I can't answer why. You, I'm gay. Nobody can answer why. I've been gay I, since I. You don't know. I don't know why. It's what it is. <laughs> I don't know. I can't tell you why I'm trans. Yeah. I can't tell you why. I can just tell you this is, is what it is. I can't answer why. So when people ask the why, <laughs> and you want me to answer it, I, I can't. And then it frustrates you. Right. It can, it can frustrate you. In the midst of. Whoa, I'm I'm building this career for myself and it's a success. I'm being a success in this career. Yeah. I'm building this life for myself. I love my wife. I love my children. It's not about me not loving them. I, but this little seed was planted in my head and it grew and grew and grew and grew and grew and I went and explored it. And I liked it. <laughs> <laughs> and I liked it. And I and I'm really not a trash dude in regards to I don't really want to treat women bad. I really don't want to. So that's why I kind of fell in love with Angel because she's a sweet girl like my wife. She's kind of innocent. And I want to put her up. And this is just me explaining what, <laughs> what what they, what people have told me and what I see. She's saying this because my face is making some. <laughs> <laughs> and what I see. And, you know, you look, and look at what he did. How many niggas is putting bitches up? Yeah. Trans women. When you know can go, go to the host store and just fuck them. Think about true. it. This ain't no, this ain't just no regular ass John. This is somebody who, this is. I care enough about you to take care of you. Yeah. It might be some warped ass care. It may be some unhealthiness in regards to me trying to have all this control, but it's the care in how I can express it. This is just me playing devil's advocate. And I hate motherfuckers to play devil's advocate because devil don't need no motherfucking advocates. <laughs> Yet here you are advocating. <laughs> but I, only reason why I am right now is because you forced him to explain why, <laughs> why there should be some sympathy towards Stan. This is a human being in a complicated situation. Uh-huh. <laughs> okay. So I, so I feel sorry for Stan. Uh-huh. Um. <laughs> so Patty goes into um. Patty talks to him, and she basically says, "This is her, this is her way out." Like I I don't know. And she told Angel, "Like I thought that you know I let him lie to me because I thought that this image was that what I wanted. I wanted to be Mrs. Bowles." Oh, and we know a lot of people who do, who do that exactly. So. Who they're trying to live this mother happy happy woman housewife housewife late Mm -hmm. um but this is her way out of shit for real this is her way out of patriarchal oppression yeah she don't even because she don't she don't even like to be housewife ish right that's not her tea um so this is her way out that i think um and let me explain this there is a respectable life of patriarchal oppression what that looks like is Melania Trump, mm-hmm. mail order brides, Black China, not Black China, Amber Rose, <laughs> all the basketball wives. Oh yeah, your t- typical stay at home wives that ain't got to do shit but 
sit at home and take care of the babies because their husband make enough money to have the control over them to do that, even if they do it voluntarily. That that's the respectable. This is what you're supposed to do as a woman. Go home, take care of the babies, live a housewife life. And um, and go in the kitchen and make me a sandwich. And enjoy the works of this man providing. That's right. The underbelly, the lower level, the unrespectable side of patriarchal oppression, because these both are patriarchal oppressions. Understand that. The underside is the street hoes getting pimped by men or getting underpaid by Johns. Mm-hmm. Porn stars working for these male-owned porn companies being exploited by these magazines like Playboy and King. Um, female addict, drug addicts, where drug dealers are forcing them into sexual acts because, you know, because they need their fix. Trans women being forced into sex work because they're trying to survive to get surgeries. Mm-hmm. A high school girl sucking dick to keep her boyfriend happy so he because he's pressuring her for sex, but then keeping her virginity in her vagina to keep her purity to her father. These this is this is, happens. <laughs> this this is patriarchal oppression. This is that pressure for you to be something that you're not. This pressure that for you to live up to this standard. It happens on all levels where you whether you are up in the upper echelon of the people or you in the lower echelon of the people. Mm. Right? Mm-mm-mm. That is true. So it's not exclusive to women either. Even within the privilege of being a male-bodied person, patriarchy attacks and demonizes femininity and being femme. So that overlap can include male-bodied femme people. In the same way that a woman could be pressured into sex work, a femme man Mm -hmm. can be pressured into sex work as well. Right? Because you are effeminate and you're seen as... You can be exploited and you're seen as a weaker man. Mm-hmm. If a man is attracted to men and he has that image of masculinity and he has the money and you fucking homeless and he needs, he wants your booty hole, he wants your penis, he <laughs> still can put you in a position where you're forced to have sex with him even though you're not attracted to him for some coins. And that's, that's patriarchal oppression against you as well. I've been patriarchally <laughs> oppressed so many times. <laughs> <laughs> Because you've seen this weak and feminine. So, <laughs> so you can be the same hoe, the same, you can be the same hoe in high school. You can be the same high schooler, the same drug addict, being forced into sexual situations to feel love, to feel self care, or to simply survive. That's something that we all can get in contact with. So, Patty, throughout all of this, even though she lives this respectable life, you got to understand. That her and Angel, they're really similar because they both under this this oppression. Of stand? Or the patriarchal oppression, you mean? Yes, not just a stand of society as a whole. Mm. They're under the, under this oppression that this patriarchal oppression that says that, Angel, you cannot be valued because you have disregarded your manhood. Mm, I see. Patty, you will not be valued as a woman if you don't live this perfect woman life. And use that dishwasher. 
and use that dishwasher I gave you and make them babies and stay at home right. and enjoy this life that I'm giving you. I may give you another bracelet. I don't know. Right. <laughs> if you act right. If you act right. Mm-hmm. So understand that when we look um, how deep this shit goes, understand the separation fools you into thinking that we are in different worlds, but we really are not. Yeah, I did see that. Like, it does kind of seem like, yeah. It's like, oh, my God, I'm all the way over here. I'm respectable. I'm the housewife. And it all just kind of gets converged Oh, I'm over here. I'm the whore unrespectable trainee. You said whore unrespectable trainee. Oh, my God. But we all are trying to make it. We all trying to be women. We all are trying to be this perfect, pristine woman. Hers is just on a physical level, and yours is just on a social level. That's it. Yeah. So we ain't much different, bitch. So the next scene is Praetel and his boyfriend have a moment. He's telling him to move on and giving him permission to move on, making him promise that once he passes away to move on. I didn't write a lot of notes about this scene because this scene kind of spoke for itself. Mm -hmm. It was really one of the emotional moments in the scene because this this is um, where the situation was. Like you can watch somebody die and somebody that you love and and I and and as a patient, I know that I'm dying, and I and I know that when I die, you're gonna have to go through gr- a grieving process. You're gonna have to go through something, and I need you to get through that quickly. And since I'm here living and I can speak, I'm gonna tell you to get over it. I'm yes. gonna tell you, yes, cry, cry, and you ain't gotta wonder what I would want you to what do. What I would, I'm, I'm, I'm telling, telling you, <laughs> I'm telling you, get over it and live your life, love yourself, find another love, mm-hmm. and rarely because you know some people could die and you don't know and they get in a car accident and you know it's they don't you don't get to say shit yeah that's <laughs> good, that's some closure for you yeah this is some closure for you so um later on um he dies and sandra calls and said and sandra burns heart character the nurse calls and says to come see the body before they take him away um which is really nice which was really nice but you know they had establish a relationship because you know sometimes hospitals they'll move the body or, or be real late uh, about it oh yeah. the, oh coroner came and right all of that kind all of stuff. that um so tell me about an experience that you had getting the call about your friend dying oh that's a horrible horrible thing um, if you want to um <clears throat> i uh i remember one day i was it was this, this was 2012 it was february 2012 i don't know this was either right before whitney houston had died or right after um but it was february 2012 i was knocked out had my little had my little friend in the bed with me we was just knocked out and then uh brie called me uh she called me once she called me like two times and i had dusted it down then i she called me again so usually when people call me back to back i'm like oh what's going on so um at the time um i had a friend in the hospital uh she had went in the hospital due to seizures and things like that i don't know what was going on with her health per se um but she was having some issues ended up in the hospital they said she was doing better, and then I get the phone call. I'm thinking it was her telling Bree telling me that you know our our friend Kayla was you know recovered or whatever. Baby, she told me that she had passed away in the middle of the night, 
And the first thing that you feel that I felt um, when I heard when she when I heard what she said was it feels like something has reached inside of your body and like just grabbed a hold of like your fucking heart and your guts and just rips all that shit out. And then you're just kind of sitting there numb. And then the and then it just repeats over and over, you know. Kayla passed away, Kayla passed away, Kayla passed away. That's all I keep hearing. And so things kind of like become a blur. Then you come back to reality, and then the conversation started for me. Right. And then it, the, the who's, the how's, the why's, the when's, all of that. Mm-hmm. But initially, yeah, that shit hurts. It just, it just rips out your heart and your guts, and then there's nothing left but just like empty pain. And then, mm-hmm. I don't know. And then you, you I've never really gotten over it. It never really heals completely you know what i'm saying and so scenes like that really kind of open the wound a little bit and kind of like bring feelings and emotions and things back that that i that i had remembered that i felt you know dealing with kayla and her situation i wasn't as close to kayla but you know i knew her right um my stories about my friend mario um i did a video on my channel it was called um and YouTube still ain't fucking um, gave me my channel back, bitches. <laughs> they gave you your channel back? They didn't. Oh. They haven't. They still haven't. Oh, shit. Um, but I did a video on my channel about um, ending long friendships. And one of the, the, what I was talking about is that Mario, we always had this, this issue with us where he would use my pronouns when it was with me he would use them right like he would use the right pronouns but when he was talking with other people about me he would use wrong pronouns so say for example i'm I'm on the phone with him and somebody who actually knows me and they knows that i'm trans they know that i how i live my life say somebody knows me and um they say who you on the phone with and he will he will say my old name Mm -hmm. and they know my name (laughs) they know my name now and so he will and he'll try to cover up the receiver and say the name and you know and i would clock it and so this one incident and he had been doing it for years but this one particular incident i have it was we i have been trans for so long name been changed and you are one of my best friends and we still having these issues about pronouns and names and all that kind of shit It, it he caught me in one of my bags and i was frustrated and I was like, nigga, I don't even want to be your friend no more because we've been dealing with this too long. Like, mm-hmm. it, it's it's annoying. So for a year, I hadn't talked to him. And mind you, this is a person since the time that I was 14, I didn't go a day. And this is it's from so 2000 and, um, I mean, 1995 to 2014. Jeez. 2000 and yeah, two. I didn't go a day without talking to Mario. So I want you to get that. <laughs> it don't matter what. So every experience that you've heard about in my life from the time that I was 14 years old until I was 35, I didn't miss a day talking to this person. So mm-hmm. for a year, I didn't talk to him. So understand that I was over it. I just was over having the same conversation with him. We had issues. Mario was one of them people that I feel like if he was more passable, if he didn't, if he remotely looked like a girl, he would have transitioned. I mm-hmm. feel he never, he admitted it later on, later on, but 
in earlier in our relationship, he would never admit that I that he was. I think he would have been trans. I think he was. I think he was, but he was so he was six foot four. He was like big, like three hundred something pounds. He was hairy all over, a size sixteen shoe, like everything that you <laughs> so selfish. So <laughs> every masculine thing that you can have, he had it. Thick ass beard. Big ass hands, like everything. I think that if he was even remotely feminine looking, he would have transitioned. But I think he couldn't deal with the ridicule. Mm. And so he never transitioned. And we've talked about it, but 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 later on, he admitted it. And so I stopped talking to him for a year because I felt like his shade towards me and my pronouns and my name was a part of his jealousy of me transitioning and living this life mm-hmm. and him not being able to do it. He never would admit it until... So once the, uh, I stopped fucking with him for a year and um, and a year later, he sends me a text saying, can you stop being a bitch and talk to me for a second? Uh. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't respond. And I and he says, I got something going on and I want to talk to you about it. Very general, nothing to hint to anything. Just I got something going on. And I want to talk to you about it. So I hit up a female um, friend, mutual friend of ours, and said, "What's going on with Mario? He got what's going on with him? Like, is it anything important?" And she said, "No, I'm not gonna tell you shit. You need to talk to him." Mm. So by her giving me that response, it let me know that it was something serious. Mm-hmm. And as a trans woman in the gay culture. Something serious, and this is a gay man that we need to talk about. Time is of the essence, baby. Time is of the essence. <laughs> we know what the, where this is going. Yeah. Where this could be. Because um, this is always looming over all of our heads. Right. It's always a possibility. So I talked to him, and he, um, I text him, and I was like, hey, what's up? And he, and he hits me up, and he basically tells me that, yeah, yo, I'm in the prayer line. And, you know, I've told you, we've had... This is how we how we cope with it is joking about it. Yeah. And so he hits me up and he says, hey, I'm in the prayer line. I'm sick, girl. And I just want and he basically he was like, I want you to know that you have been a friend in my life. And I hate that we ended the way we ended mm-hmm. because I've always respected you. You always have been a support system in my life. And because I'm going through this, it's making it even more um, apparent. Mm. who you were in my life and so part of me being the bitch that i am i'm I'm a bitch to hold grudges uh-huh. <laughs> a part of me was like it takes you about to die to be able to see the value that i have in your life after fucking years of us being friends you a fucking asshole mm-hmm. but i couldn't say that because he's he's dying and he's he's reaching out for my help like he's reaching out you are a person that's been my support system and I need you. Mm. And so I couldn't hold, I in my back of my mind, if we get to the bitch, if you come out of this, bitch, I'm I'm reading you. <laughs> <laughs> because I'm going to point this out later, but I know right now I don't need to bring this up. Mm. But, um, but we did have a conversation about it. And I said, you know, I'm not going to be, my womanhood is not going to be disrespected. Right, if we're going to be friends, um, I'm not going to be disrespected. Like I'm, I know we're past that. If you can't get that shit together, then whatever you're doing right now to bring me back into your life, you can stop it mm. because I'm 
you know, but I know you need me right now. And I'm, I love you. You're a person that I love in my life. So I'm going to talk to you. So we started to talk. Um, and maybe like we talked, like I said, we, we went, but not every single day, like we normally do, but you know, every other day we talking and reminiscing about stuff. And then maybe like, Oh, like three weeks later, he calls me and says, I'm in the hospital. And then two weeks after that, his mother calls me and says, Mario passed away. And how did you feel when she said that? Um, I was coming from work. And I was headed home and I was on the back of the bus just tearing up. Not, mm. um, not, no, no, not tearing, but my eyes were swelling. No tears fell, but my eyes were swelling. And, and it just was a gag, like, God, my friend is dead. So I didn't think about it. Like, I tried to ignore it. I went home and immediately bought my tickets. I asked, I called the mom, I asked when she was going to have the service. So I went home and bought my tickets. And um, I remember my homegirl, she was driving, she was driving me to the, um, to the wake. And we're in. We coming up on the 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 um, mortuary, mm-hmm. and the and the streets are so packed. Oh, the streets are so packed for this gay man of the community. Like if you don't, if you we from Indianapolis, so girls change some shit. I'm one of the girls. Strabella's one of the girls. Mario's one of the girls. Zori, one of the girls, like all these people that I've talked to you about, like in this city, like we did some groundbreaking shit. And Mario was one of the people that really made an impact on the city. And mm. so people knew him. Um, he did hair, he did lashes. Um, you know, he just was really popular. And so um, coming and seeing all those people there. And so me and her is just talking about trade. Like on the way to the wake, we're just talking about trade. Like, girl. And she's just talking and, and talking. And so when we park and I'm getting out the car, because we was talking about something totally not about Mario. And then I, I, I opened up. The, I said, girl, come on, let's get out of this car. I said, come on, girl, let's go on in here. I got to go bury my friend. And when I say it and it comes out of my mouth, I open up the door and I throw up and start bawling. Mm. Because it's the it's our first time I said it out of my mouth like I'm coming in here to bury my friend <sighs> and it just emotions just hit me and I'm crying and crying and crying so that's, I, how, that's what happened I'm walking into the um now Mario comes from a hood ass family he like me like we got some we come from the hood like we, our uncles and shit were like hood niggas that the niggas had respect for who had jackets in the streets no. <laughs> <laughs> so, so when I walk up his uncle he was like oh shit Miss Diamond just showed up. <laughs> <laughs> and so they like, oh, oh, shit, come on, come on, come on. And everybody is just kind of pulling me into the mortuary like, this is this is Mario's friend, friend. Mm-hmm. Like, you know. And so I sit in the back. Um, I sit in the back of the mortuary. And his mom come back there like, what the fuck is you doing? You need to be up here with the family. If right. anybody's family, it's you. And I was like, no, I don't want to go up there. So one of the things that I learned about my great aunts by my great aunt's funeral is I do not like going to wakes because I do not like seeing the body in a casket. So I don't go up to the casket. I need to see it. Yeah, I don't. I need to see you. I need to see it for it to be 
completely solidified and real. I need to see you in yeah, the box. Yeah, no, I don't like the fact that, that I had the memory. I went up to her casket and kissed her. And I don't like that I had that memory of her. I yeah. didn't want that memory. I want the memory of her when she was alive and bright, vibrant. And that's how I wanted to remember Mario. And so because I didn't go into the casket, go to the casket, I don't have any memories of how he looked dead. I have only the memories of him being happy, him being lively, him, all the good memories that I had. And that's what I wanted to preserve. And so that's why I didn't go up there and sit. Mm -hmm. Only thing I, re I, I regret that I didn't get to get that year. I regret, oh, I regret, only thing about that, even though it was for a good reason and you got to respect my womanhood, I wish that I wasn't a grudge holder enough to where I, it lasted as long as it did mm -hmm. because I wish that I had an extra year with my, one of the loves of my life. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so, yeah, so we all know. Lessons we learn. Lesson we learn. And you know, life is precious and I try to keep people in my life that allow me to keep them because I have some friends now, you know, yeah. that I wish that I could be friends with them, but because they're so, I was about to say evil, not evil, just so narcissistic and selfish that it's traumatic to be friends with them. Mm. And even though I will regret that I'm missing time with them, it's like, it is what it is. I even, you alive, bitch, I can't fucking, um, I can't deal with your, your bullshit, though. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? Yep. So it's like, oh, God. So anyway, this is a part of life. This is a part of our journey. Death is a part of everybody's journey. Um, sometimes particular circumstances happen, yeah. and you have to deal with death. And this is one of the things that me and you both have dealt with. And we're going to deal with it again. So. Absolutely. All right, so Stan comes in and fights Mother Dawson Creek. <laughs> Mother Vanderbeek. <laughs> Mother Vanderbeek. Um, and the sad part is he coming in and twirling and get his ass kicked. <laughs> That's the late part. And then Mother Vanderbeek said, girl, the guy that you are pretending to be does not exist. So you a weak-ass boy. And and then he spills the tea to that honey. Patty kissed me, honey. Honey, I kissed her right on your couch, boo boo. Christmas on your couch. Ask her. So you know this is Merry uh, Christmas. Merry Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> so I thought that was really interesting. It solidifies that Stan's life now is in shambles because you don't got him fight in the corporate office, baby. Y'all should be getting fired. Both of y'all really should be getting fired. You getting but you, you may get fired. Your wife know your tea. So you done lost your job. Your lot your trans woman done moved out of the house that you bought for her. She ain't fucking with you. The wife knows the tea and she ain't fucking with you. Time to go on a crazy white man shooting spree. <laughs> <laughs> because we know that white males shoot people for anything that's right <laughs> they shoot up <laughs> schools they shoot up buildings they shoot up homes they shoot the innocent this you is what white fired males me. do <laughs> <laughs> motherfucker <laughs> fuck you mm, all these immigrants right <laughs> taking the jobs <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> so we know this is the making of a serial mass shooter <laughs> right <laughs> so um it switched to the scene of um, Pray Tell having another ball, and the category is Banji Boy. Poppy walks it, and he wins grand prize. Yay. 
And pray tell plays a new song. He had been playing Love is the Message Girl. Right. But we, finally We got the message girl. We got the message. <laughs> we got the motherfucking message. But then he puts on I'm coming out. for for, for Love is, is the Message. Because she's an old school. She said, baby, this is a classic, <laughs> honey. A classic girl. Because <laughs> she's old. <laughs> and so they play Diana. And understand that Diana was that girl. Diana was at one point in her career, she was like the Beyonce. Right. Understand she was that girl who was um who was seen as the pop black pop star so at this point this song was and it was for the gays i'm coming out right it had just different for diana it was you know i'm coming out i'm being free i'm coming back and you know it had a different meaning but for the gays not no more i'm coming out the closet <laughs> i'm coming out and being free it was a gay pride and that song's always been associated with gayness yeah. my whole life so. uh, yes exactly because we 80s baby so right. it's always been associated with gayness um then they have this dream scenario. You can tell that a trans woman directed this episode because they had this dream scenario where Darius, the trade, is getting confronted by all the trans girls that he has womanized. Surrounded by them. Surround them. And they like, girl, they get to read them. And Blanca has get to say, girl, I know you for your works and you a playboy. And you're you not going to get me. <laughs> you're not going to get me. I and need the to girls- fall. I-, I want romance. <laughs> I want to fall. <laughs> all this kind of stuff she gets to give out this story while all the girls is there to support her that is not how real life works child. <laughs> that is not how real life how do, works how does it work in real life for the for the real girl? life is the girls are still gonna be fucking them right <laughs> <laughs> still gonna be fucking them and you do not get to confront him in front of all the girls <laughs> you get to you he get to come over you get to ask him and he get to lie to you and then you get to beat your cakes <laughs> No, not <laughs> mine. <laughs> not mine. He doesn't get to beat my cakes. He gets to beat somebody else's. <laughs> so um, understand that that is not how real life works. And that's just not how it goes. But it's a beautiful dream scenario. A beautiful dream. Worked out really, really well. For TV. So pray tell, um and Blanca talked and he shared with her that, you know, So, pray tell and Blanca talked, and he shared with her that, um, you know, he had the moment with his husband, and, you know, he t- promised him that he was going to let it go. So, that's why he played a new song, right? new track, and loved it. Um, and one of the things that he said, the rest of the world um, is dying to forget us. Like, like um, th- we could all be going extinct with this disease. Right. And the world ain't trying to really help us and they could all really want us to die because this is a a punishment for them because they think we're living the wrong life. And I thought that was a powerful moment for me. But I feel like there's some truth to that though, but how? That that AIDS is a punishment to us? No. Oh. That they don't care. Oh, that they don't care. At this I think at this point they didn't. Yeah. Until this started to hit outside of the right, community till it started to, <laughs> start to spread and the kids you know because everybody's having everybody back. yeah because nobody everybody was thinking oh like what you remember like in early 2000s it was like this big dl black man scare because the rate i remember the, that the hiv <laughs> rates in black women was on the rise 
And so everybody yeah. was talking about, oh, it's because of DL men. But they weren't talking about AIDS prior to that. That's right. a gay, gay uh, man's disease. That was gay man. But it wasn't until it started affecting the outside communities that, ooh, we got to be worried about this. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. So, yeah. I, don't, I do think that they don't care in regards to that. So the next scene was a powerful scene, silent but powerful. Angel is tipping down the street. And the music is really scary and making you think that she's in danger. Like she about to get it, baby. <laughs> you in danger, Molly girl. Because, honey, uh, that's what I said later on. Um, <laughs> she could easily have been getting stalked, easily been harmed. But then the other music come on and you realize that she's actually just walking. And then I'm like, a... was that on purpose? Were they wanting you to like, oh, I think so. I, I, think, yeah. I think Janet was like, understand that she's tipping down the street. You and know, it's dangerous. And it's dangerous. This is what happens. Jenna, don't be doing um, playing with my emotions, girl. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, when she tips into her show, I want this is something that most of y'all may not have noticed, but trans women probably will notice it. When she tips into her peak show, do you realize who her boss was who was giving out the checks? No. Right, you didn't notice it. So her boss, not who they were, but what they were. They were a Hasidic Jew. Oh. So understand the Hasidic Jews are notorious clients, like they're clients for the girls in New York. If you have ever worked in New York and you've been a prostitute, you have come across a Hasidic Jew client. Understand that. And they pay really, really well. <laughs> and it's not a coincidence that Angel's boss was giving out the paycheck was a Hasidic Jew. Just like they hustled the system to push out and exploit black tenants in real estate. Them having a peep show where they're exploiting black women and trans, that the people that they look down on, understand that this is their culture to look down on black folks and their culture to look down on anything outside of their religion that's seen as sinful. Mm -hmm. Understand it is it is perfectly and goes right along with how they exploit people to get paid. This is one of the ugly side ugly histories of Hasidic Jews. So them, so that person being a Hasidic Jew as her boss at this peep show in the eighties was perfectly aligned with their negative history. So I wanted to share that. Eagle eye TS diamond. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so Angel goes into her booth and of course Stan is there. All looking crazy. It's like, oh, that's the part that really scared me. Like, for some reason, I knew she was behind the glass and she was protected. Uh -huh. But he just looked like, and you know, this is Ryan Murphy. So it's like, is he going to, like, is somebody going to come up behind Angel and slit her throat? Or is he going to, like, I, you never know. But he was looking very, very scary. Like, and I would have been so glad there was glass separating us. And, but see, and then I didn't get that from Angel, which is what I was going with. But Angel stood there and you put mean her Stan? hand. Oh, no, Angel. Angel put her hand tenderly on the glass as if to try to caress him. I'm like, oh, now, no. bitch. I would have just been like, now, bitch, you should be fist up, ready to twirl. Right. <laughs> because, honey, toxic masculinity says molly you in danger girl right <laughs> in the words of uh mother whoopie and ghost he could be coming to get his self-care or he could be coming to destroy the crux of his problems that and that's the place you are at as a trans woman understand this so he could be coming to be like oh my god my wife left me i need my baby doll i love her and let me get this feeling of love from the baby doll that i've had laid up in the apartment for months and months and months 
because this is my she is my self care. That's why I'm taking care of her so she can be my self care. Now nah, this or, doll is the reason why, so I have to break the doll. Or, or <laughs> you done told my teeth to my wife and destroyed my whole little perfect image. So you are the crux of my problems right you now. You gotta go. You gotta go. I gotta slay you. And so her putting her hand up to the glass tenderly was my late to me, bitch. You don't have no concept that you in danger. She said, baby, come in. Get these girl, caresses, baby. A girl, boo. <laughs> Thinking you put your, quarter, put your quarters in the slot. Thinking you Oshun. <laughs> um, coming down Ogun out right. of the wilderness. No, baby. Your honey is not necessarily going to work here. Right. <laughs> your sweet waters, baby. Sweet waters. No, stop. Um, I wanted to talk about that because... We don't allow men to be fluid about their sexual about their sexuality and their sexual wants the way that we allow women to do that. Um, there are real consequences to the image of a man when he admits that he wants to explore outside of a woman. If you get your dick sucked in college once and you never do it again, you gay. Mm-hmm. We learned from the Insecure show. Yeah, if y'all watch Insecure, when um, Molly's little trade talked about getting his dick sucked. He was just being honest since they were admitting things. Even though she had been in a bisexual situation in college and there was no judgment, mm-hmm. she said, he did it too, the same exact thing. And the, in the conversation on social media after that show, everybody, uh-uh, he gay, he gay, uh-uh, he gay. If you mess around with a transsexual, uh-uh, you gay. <laughs> there is no room for a man to explore but behind closed doors, we know that we make room for it. Just like we all make room to do the freaky shit that we want to do, we make room to get what we want. We make room to do what we want to do. Any freaky little thing, we all do this. This is what we all have in common. Mm-hmm. We all, anything we want to try behind closed doors, whether it be the simplest shit, I want to suck some dick or I want to get tied up and be in the bondage, whatever it is. Mm. I want to have a foot fetish, whatever it is. We, <laughs> make, we make room to have it done. And we have to be honest about that. Think about it. If you think about your uncle, we got always, well, not everybody has an auntie and an uncle. Think about your dad, any kind of male figure in your life that you had a straight male figure. If he tells you that he got his dick sucked when he was younger, how is that going to make you feel? If you had your auntie, any kind of straight woman figure, come and tell you that she had a lesbian experience, are you going to judge her the same way, the uncle the same way that you judge the aunt? No, because that's it's what women be do. Right. You're going to be like, well, you know, women are fluid. They look, they're affectionate. Right. That's just how they're raised. And, you know, they're raised to kind of be dykey. No, they're not. <laughs> Y'all just make it okay, especially for the male gaze. So it, it it trickles down, especially if you want some dyke shit for your man, mm-hmm. or you want some dyke shit to impress men or to keep a man. Um, it's okay, like it's okay. You know that's just how women are. All and niggas think all bitches can be bisexual. Get the fuck out of here. Uh, well, girl. <laughs> so, and and for the same thing goes with the guys. Like, <laughs> well, <boy. laughs> so I think that we look at it differently, even in our own community. Because mm-hmm. think about it. You know, when we find out a dude done got some hair from somebody, even if it's just that one time, we like, oh, he he plays. That's Trey. I always do That's that. Adarius. <laughs> you done played around? Okay. That's one of the kids. Um, you think of him as Trey. You think of him as a Darius. Mm-hmm. So back to Angel. Um, 
another reason why I wanted to talk about how she was in danger in that moment. When he was crying on the couch, another level of sympathy that I have for him, he said, I, he's, he's trying to explain, and he doesn't have any words for it, that he doesn't understand why he's attracted to her. Mm. And he wants to stop. <laughs> he said it. And so what? why she was in more danger is that you, you are something that he is attracted to but doesn't want to be attracted to, and he doesn't know why. So killing you could be a solution that could come up in his mind, in his confused head, in his distressed. Understand, he's in distress right now Mm-mm. because he's losing his image that was crafted, that he fought for. His image as a father, his image as a husband, everything in his life is falling apart when it comes to this image that he has built for himself. The money, because now the fucking boss and told my tea and now it's uncomfortable. Right. And you realize that it's not, I want everybody to realize that this is not a fake side of Stan and then a real side, a fake side being exposed and then a real side. There are two sides, this is just two simple sides to the same person that cannot reconcile because society won't let them. And this is in all of us. Think about it. If you're a woman and you're not no fucking lady and everybody is trying to pressure you to be a lady, but you got some tomboy tendencies. Mm-hmm. And even if you may sometimes like to wear a dress, but sometimes you just don't. But to keep this image of femininity, you want to have this. You they, They're pressuring you to be this fucking lady and you're not and so you're trying to reconcile these two multifaceted sides of you that seem like they may be opposite but they're in you and they are you and it's society not letting you to not letting you um express them freely mm-hmm. and then even if you, you're a gay man you love being a man you're not trans at all but you like to bottom uh-huh. but but society is telling you Nigga, you supposed to be the top at the very least. <laughs> Nigga, you supposed to like pussy. Not Nigga, you, you a man. You supposed to be a man. You supposed to do this. You supposed to do that. But your mind and your sexuality tell you, honey, I want to try this. I want to be fish. <laughs> <laughs> I want to be a bottom. I want to be submissive or whatever. And so society is not letting you reconcile. I want that. you to touch me on the inside. <laughs> Come on, beloved. So, you know, it's not letting you, um, it's not letting you explore and be your full self and come to the table as your full self. So part of you is hiding and part of you is not hiding. So it's not, I don't think in stands in anybody's situation is that you are two different people. It's just that I'm not allowed to become to the table as my full self. I'm not allowed to be honest. I'm not allowed to, you're not allowing me to be free. Mm-hmm. And it may not be, and I'm not talking Patty. I'm not talking about Patty is not allowing it. I'm talking about the world, the society. That includes Patty. That includes even Angel. Remember, even Angel told him in the last episode, are you gay? I don't, oh, want, yeah. you, I don't want you to touch my dick. I, I did that for you because I thought that's what you was into. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, it's so not, I guess even, they get it from both sides. They're getting it from every side. Yeah. So even you, even the girl in the community is not letting me, me bring my full self to the table. Mm. So what the fuck am I supposed to do? Valid and, point. And that's why I have sympathy for Stan. Boom. Oh, girl. <laughs> 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 And on that note, <laughs> so on that note, that was the end of the show. Oh, so wait. So did you like just set that all up just to shoot me down at the very end? Boom, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> you are so tired. <laughs> I knew you would fall for the baby. Anyway, 
<laughs> so Angel puts her little hand up against the the glass and Stan is standing there looking scary. Scary. And, ooh, but we do see the previews of the next show, so we know he don't kill her. Oh, I actually haven't seen it. So. Oh, so he doesn't kill oh, her. Oh, okay. Because <laughs> I didn't know, baby. He don't kill her in this episode. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so that was the show. We hope that y'all really, really enjoyed it. Tune in next Sunday. The reason why we put the video, the um, the show out every Sunday is because the new show comes out every Sunday and right. we don't want to spill and do any spoilers for yes. people throughout the week who did not watch it. So we just put it out on Sunday right before the show so you can be all caught up with our commentary and our explanation of what happened in the last episode and then get you ready for watching the show tonight. And you're welcome. Thank you. <laughs> Bye, y'all. See y'all next time. Well, that's it. Thank you for coming and getting a taste of Marsha's Plate. You can listen to us on iTunes and SoundCloud. Make sure you leave a review because we really need those five stars, y'all. And go like our Facebook page and leave some comments. We'll be posting exclusive content every Thursday, so you definitely don't want to miss out. You can also follow us on Twitter and any other social media site at Marsha's Plate. If you'd like to donate or advertise with us, hit us up at diamondstyles at gmail.com. That's diamondstylz at gmail.com. And that's it for us, y'all. Bye. Bye-bye. You gonna say bye, Mia? Oh, bye, y'all. Oh. <laughs>